0: If you just scoot to the edges of the other, these other sections, that would be acceptable as well. Amen. Now that you've moved and sat down, would you stand up, please? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep you moving here this morning. It's so good to be able to be here this morning on this nice, cool morning. It felt good when we woke up this morning. How many of you had a fire in your fireplace this morning? Anybody? Nobody? No? no? Won't you she won't let you build one. Um, <laughs> well... That's a a whole other story, Tommy, we won't get into here this morning. (laughs) Let's ask the Lord to be with us uh, as we go about today, especially this morning here at the church and worshiping him together. Invite his presence. Lord, thank you so much. As we have gathered here this morning, we have come with a purpose in our heart, and that is to worship you and to bless you. And let our minds, our thoughts, be put upon you, your blessed, holy Word that you have put in our hands, God. We're thankful for the church that you are building in this society, and we think we're thankful to be a part of it. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated. Here we are, Thanksgiving week. Wow, this is awesome. Um, how many of you have got your turkey? You got your turkey in the fridge, thawing out, yeah, no, it's in the freezer, you better get it out, (laughs) how many days does it take for it to thaw, anybody know, four, all right, so you got four days, Tommy, (laughs) he's not, oh, (laughs) he's not in charge of it anyway, so, (laughs) well, Okay, any, any men, you do the turkey? That's your job, all right, for the mic? Well, we're going to, for this year, now Carolyn has always done the turkey, but she's really wanting to smoke the turkey this year. Yeah, you do? Okay, I know who to ask for advice now. That was my whole purpose for asking that question this morning. She's like, we want, I want to smoke it this year. She does an excellent job in the oven, and I always say, you know, why change things when they're already right. But uh, I get the feeling that uh, she's in charge of telling me to be in charge of the turkey is the way it's going to work. So, Amen. Hey, let's go to the, uh, I want to start this off with a passage that may not at least initially feel like it's going to fit with the topic. But let's go to Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. We're going to be talking about missional living. What does it mean to, to live missionally? All right. Missional living. If you could say it another way, it would be living a sent life, a life that uh, with purpose. And um, we we can certainly learn from from the life of Jesus, and we'll we'll point to that here in just a few moments. Some things that he said about himself that we too can and should say about ourselves in the society in which we live. Daniel chapter eleven verse thirty-two. The last part of this uh, passage. Uh, is uh, a passage that uh, we may have heard but we sometimes when we read uh, in the old testament we may not know who it's about or who potentially it could be about this is a prophecy that that Daniel spoke about uh, a time when uh, Israel would be uh, under oppression and most biblical scholars believe that this was uh, about Antiochus Epiphanes uh, a ruler of that time who was bringing great uh, pressure and oppression upon the nation of Israel. And there was a man by the name of uh, Judas Maccabeus who came on the scene. And uh, he became the hero in this story. Uh, the villain was Antiochus Epiphanes, the great hero uh, and his family, Judas Maccabeus, who came in and uh, helped Israel resist the oppression of Antiochus Epiphanes and actually in 164 BC uh, Judas and his team uh, freed the temple of uh, Israel and from all of its Greek idols and things that had been brought in there and for the first time in many years uh, worship uh, to the one true God was again established in the temple and it's called the. Uh, today we have something that the Jewish uh, Jewish people celebrate, it's called Hanukkah, how many of you have heard of Hanukkah, it's called the Festival of Lights, and that Hanukkah simply means dedication, uh, and uh, it was in this time, 164, when Judas and his team freed it, that uh, the menorahs were able to be relit in the temple, and so uh, that's why they call it the Festival of Lights, or Hanukkah. Now, I read this passage this morning uh, because it in this passage, I see uh, the life of faith described so greatly. L- look at this. This was talking about, most scholars believe, uh, about Judas. But the people who know their God shall stand firm. Uh, the King James Version says, shall uh, be strong. Stand firm and Take action. Stand firm and take action. The King James Version says they will carry out great exploits. Amen. Such a, a beautiful passage about the life of faith. I think uh, as we look at biblical characters, we could, we could say this about all those who walked in faith and did God's will. This, is, this was what they did. They knew God, and that knowledge caused them to be strong. And that uh, knowledge, uh, that strength rather, caused them to take action, right? So uh, when we know God in the way that he wants us to know him, we really can't just sit on the sidelines uh, of the kingdom of God and just kind of let time go, go by. Uh, somebody said it this way, we were not saved to just be saved. We were saved for other reasons as well. And thank goodness for salvation. I, I can lay my head on my pillow at night And rest in the fact that what Jesus did on the cross, and as I have put my faith in Him, and what He did by raising again uh, from the dead and resisting death and conquering death, uh, I can understand that He has given me the ability to to walk in faith and live a saved life. He has washed my sins. We've talked about these kinds of things over the last several weeks, what it means to repent and what it means to be uh, baptized, uh, how that affects our salvation. And then certainly what it means to be filled with his spirit. But here uh, in the life of faith, God has given us this great mission. Uh, missio Dei, the mission of God. He, is, he has given us a reason for being here. Amen. Not just to be saved. As somebody said, it's not, the Holy Ghost is not just for fire insurance. Right? Not just to save us from hell. Uh, it's, it's to get us fired up as well and cause us to have a mission and purpose in life. Go go with me to the book of John, John chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, this morning, you've done this, uh, if you've heard me teach uh, over many years, I've, I've brought this passage up a few times. So m- many of you may have already done this. But I would ask you to look at this passage. This this passage is about about a man by the name of John the Baptist, who we know is the forerunner of Christ. He was sent to prepare the way for Jesus, to set the atmosphere for Jesus to come on the scene, uh, to call Israel's attention to the fact that the Messiah is coming. Uh, And so this passage is speaking about him. There was a man sent from God whose name was Jesus. John. Amen. But I see in this passage an understanding uh, that John had about his life and the Scriptures declared about John's life, an understanding that we must have about our own lives as well. All right? So you may have in your margin, because I've asked uh, this of this church a few times over the years, you may have in the margin your name right by that passage. Anybody in here have that, have that name, your name by that passage? A couple of you have. So... I'd ask you to consider if you don't mind writing in your Bible, if you've got a pen, write your name in the margin right there. all right my In my Bible uh, that's sitting over there, I've got Larry. And here's like how I like to read this passage, and I, I try to remind myself uh, several times a week uh, of this. I speak this in prayer. This is what I say. There is a man sent from God whose name is Larry. All right. There is a man sent from God whose name is Larry. Now that's not an egotistical statement. What that means is is I understand I have been sent by God. And just that very concept and uh, understanding propels me and pushes me to live a different kind of life. So I'd like for you to uh, put your name in that passage. You may have to say there's a A man or a a lady sent from God. And just insert your name, okay? Can we work on that together? Are you ready? Pretty simple. Just put put your name and man or lady uh, in that passage. And I'm going to say it for me. You say it for you, okay? There is a man sent from God whose name is Larry. Right? Very good. And you need to remind yourself of that because, you know, life's not just, you know... Here in the United States especially, uh, we have a problem with Christianity, and, uh, and that is called consumer Christianity. In other words, we think church is all about us, and that God, uh, was, His power is, is so that He can make our lives comfortable and nice, and everything should go right all the time. Now, I hope that nobody in this room has that misconception. Uh, I think you've had enough hard knocks, to uh, understand that life's not about you, right? And that life's not about you being, everything being wonderful, all right? I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of a man by the name of Mike Tyson, but Mike Tyson uh, said this, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? You know, sometimes uh, life is, sometimes life punches us in the mouth, And I'll have to admit, there have been a few times, with my poor decisions, I've in essence punched myself in the mouth a few times. Made some bad decisions. Uh, But life's life's not just about us. Now certainly God loves us, and He provides for us. He cares for us. He's attentive to the needs of our lives. Uh, It's not like God is trying to make us miserable. uh, But He wants us to live with purpose. Uh, Bruce Lee... Uh, said this, and I'm sorry for all the quotes from secular uh, people, but Bruce Lee said this: "Don't pray for an easy life; pray for the strength to endure a hard one." Now, I don't think Bruce was was praying to uh, the God of Scripture. I don't think he's a Christian, but uh, his statement is is a powerful statement. That this is this is the reality of life; that life's not always easy, and this is what Judas Maccabeus was experiencing it wasn't easy for them to do what they did but they resisted what was going on they pushed back against it and that's what we've got to do in this society in which we live we've got to push back against uh, culture and declare Christ Stand up and be strong. They that know their God shall be strong. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 uh, f- through 47, and we won't read this whole passage, but uh, let's look at this real quickly here this morning and set, set a little bit of the theme, uh, and then we're going to look at three things that Jesus said about himself. This is the New Testament church, so that those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to the, that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, uh, go on down to uh, verse forty-six. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. Amen. So they were the the New Testament church was all about uh, bringing church to their homes at times. Uh, bringing other people, unbelievers, to their homes, so that they might be able to wish, witness to them. They were uh, this whole idea of missional living was not uh, foreign to them; it was just a part of their DNA. And a lot of times, we say uh, when we hear the word missionary, we think, okay, somebody who's going to a foreign country, or maybe someone who, in the United States or North America, they've chosen a city, they felt a call, and they've, they've moved to that city to establish a church. This is what we think of when we think of missionary. I think that's a good uh, part of the definition of missionary, but I think we need to remember uh, that not only are these people missionaries, but every single one of us are missionaries. That's what it means for us to, be, to live missionally. In other words, God sent me here for more than for me just to enjoy salvation. And I thank God for salvation, but he sent me here for more than that. He sent you here for more than that. All right? Is that making sense this morning? Anybody understanding that uh, God's given you a mission? Now, here's the thing, folks. I, I don't remember if you remember Marcus Baptiste who came several weeks ago, a young man who spoke in this class and then preached to the church as well. Uh, he made a statement. I, can't, I don't have it exactly the way he said it but he basically said that that if we uh, are not caring about other people then we really get we get miserable and we start grumbling and complaining because it becomes all about us and see this is this is the problem when we start thinking everything is about us is that we start focusing on our needs only and i certainly don't think we should just You know, live with burning at both ends of the candle and never taking rest and time to recharge yourself. That's not wise either. But it's certainly not God's uh, desire for us to live without a mission. And this is what uh, Judas Maccabeus called the nation of Israel to. Look, hey, there is a cause here. It's kind of like what David said when he looked at the giant. Is there not a cause? We've got a cause. We've got a purpose. And that is for us here today to live missionally. So missional living is adopting a missionary's thinking, a missionary's behaviors, a missionary's practices in everyday life so that uh, uh, we can engage others with the gospel message. These are three things that Jesus said about himself. He said the Son of Man is come to seek and save the lost. That's what he said about himself. He also said the Son of Man came to serve the lost. And to not be served. And then he said uh, also the son of man. He was comparing himself to John the Baptist. And pointing to the, the Pharisees and the religious elite of that day. They complained about John the Baptist. And they were comp- complaining about Jesus. And basically Jesus said we, we can't make you happy. E- any way we try to do it we can't make you happy. Because you are just so focused on yourselves. John the Baptist came uh, not eating and drinking, and you called him. Uh, you had a, some words for him. He said, "I came, the Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and you call me a glutton." So you can't you can't make somebody happy who is always focused on themselves. So here's three habits this morning we're going to talk about real quickly. Three habits of missional living that we can all engage in. This is not difficult. It's something that we can just simply do in life, uh, reflecting these things that Jesus said about himself. First of all, we can listen for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus one time said, I've got to go through Samaria. I've got to go through Samaria. It wasn't uh, the habit of Jews to go through Samaria. But he says, I've got to go through Samaria because there was a lady there he needed to connect with. And he was listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit sending him there. Listen for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be doing. If we're going to live missionally, we're not going to be always listening to what we want to do. Looking at our agenda. Looking at our schedule. Always, well, what do I want to do today? We need to be asking. Again, there's nothing wrong with spending time doing some things we enjoy. But if that's all we're about, we're going to be miser- we're miserable. This is uh, what Marcus Baptiste is, is coming true in our lives. We're, we're so focused on ourselves and we become miserable. But when we get focused on some other people's needs and their situation, it's, w- it's strange how life can turn around. We can realize how blessed we are because we're seeing other people and we're seeing their lives. So as we listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, God can speak things to us. Listen to the story of uh, Zacchaeus again real quickly. and We won't take time to just read through this whole thing. But this is uh, in, in Luke chapter 19. We, we see Jesus coming to find a man uh, who is trying to find him. And I, I think about this uh, this morning. We've got, we've got people in this world right now who are really looking for Jesus. They're hungry for something in their life. And we need to be like Jesus. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit enough to know when we uh, God has put put us on a a missional path into somebody's life. Uh, one author that I, I love to read, Mark Batterson, said it this way. He calls them supernatural synchronicities. In other words, when you, your path has been put along somebody else's path and you intersect, and it's what we call a God moment. You've had those, right? When you're just like, man, that was God. The way that happened, that was God. Uh, And what a wonderful feeling it is, right? When we we know that we are having those God moments. And I'm not saying those happen every day. But as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, those can happen in our lives. This is what missional living, this is what fuels missional living. We're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And what he's asking us to do. So when Jesus came to the life. The the home of Zacchaeus. uh, He spoke some things into the life of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus came to repentance. And this is what Jesus says in verse 10. About this whole situation. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And that is my friends here this morning. That's our mission as well. Amen. Now, we don't, we don't save people ourselves. We're not the Messiah. We're more, we're more like John the Baptist. We're preparing the way for the Lord to come into somebody's life. We're, we're connecting with them and helping them uh, prepare the way for the Lord to come into their life. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, the apostles were listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this is what they said, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit said separate these people unto me they were listening for the voice of the holy spirit and that's what we need to be doing i remember uh, several years ago and you, i'm sure some of you will remember this pastor Gaddy was preaching and he said uh, he said something like this he said i have learned that when a person's name or face pops in my mind that it was generally put there for a purpose and for a reason it's not just some random thing. Have you ever had that happen? I mean, just walking down the street or you're doing something at home, washing the dishes, and somebody's face just like, bam, hits you. or So their name comes across your mind. Uh, those things are, I don't think, accidental. I think God is sometimes saying, hey, you need to pray for this person. Uh, something's going on. Maybe, maybe you, you don't uh, ever even have a conversation with them, but you pray with, for them. And then sometimes you feel prompted to give them a call or send them a text uh, or go see them, because you feel like the Holy Ghost is working in that situation. I remember years ago, uh, a family that had gotten away from the Lord, and uh, I don't—that uh, was after Pastor Gaddy had preached this message. And I thought uh, their f- names came to my mind, so I called them. And I said, "Hey, you know, they weren't going to church." I said, "Hey, I was just thinking about you today," and this is what they said: "We've been praying for somebody to, to call us." That family, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but that family attends New Life Church. And I know, I'm not, I, I, I'm not any different than you are. I know you have had those same type of experiences where you felt the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you. Maybe it's even a service and you go lay hands on somebody and pray for somebody. Or you send them a text. You go see them. Here's, here's the declaration and the challenge that I'll ask you to make. I will spend at least one period of time this week listening for the Holy Spirit's voice. Would you write that down if you're taking notes? I'm going to spend some time this week. This is what helps us live missionally. God, what what are you saying to me? Who do you want? Who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to call? Is there somebody I need to go visit? I'll spend a period of time this week. Not all my prayer is going to be about things I want. I'm going to be listening. How many of you know that that this is the way conversations go? I mean, have you ever ever had a, well, it wouldn't be a conversation, really, a one-sided experience with somebody where all they did was talk and you couldn't get a word in edgewise? I wonder sometimes if this is how God feels about us. I mean, sometimes I, I don't even hardly take a breath. And I walk away and go, well, I've got that done. I didn't even... Listen for the voice of the Spirit. So would you make a commitment that on a weekly basis you're going to carve out some time, at least a few minutes, to say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Okay, the second thing that we can, we can look at, sectional sec, second missional habit, bless others. All right. Not only listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit, but that when He speaks to you, take that voice and go bless somebody. There's a passage in Matthew chapter 20 uh, where Jesus' disciples come to him. Actually, it's uh, the mother of two disciples, the sons of Zebedee. They, she comes to uh, to Jesus, and she says, uh, uh, you know, what about my sons? Can they have a, a special place in your kingdom? And Jesus says, look, you don't know what you're asking. You really don't understand what you're asking, but... Uh, they, she was wanting, and of course we have another passage as well that uh, correlates with this, where uh, they came to him, came to Jesus and said, you know, who's going to sit in, in the best seats in your kingdom? And Jesus said, look, this is not what this is all about. And this is where we get this passage where Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to, to, or came to serve and not to be served. So as we look at the life of Jesus, we can, we can see that he also wants us to reflect this idea that it is not about us. It's not about us getting served, but it is about us serving. And I promise you this, if you'll focus on serving all your needs and things that you really have to have, God's going to supply. Jesus said it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We don't have to worry about some things if, we, if we'll seek to serve him and serve others and to bless others. So here's the question. Who do I need to bless this week? Who do I need to bless this week? And blessing can be just simple words spoken to somebody. I've had th- that happen to me. It's just somebody walk up to me not knowing what's been going on in my mind and just say something to me and I'm like, Man, I needed to hear that. Thank you. So words of affirmation or acts of kindness. I've, I've heard stories that you have told about pulling up to a fast food place and paying for the person behind you. Or paying for the person behind you and or in front of you in line. Uh, at a uh, At a grocery store or at some other place. Just blessing, acts of kindness. This is... The things that God wants us to do. Why are we doing these things? Not for self-glorification, but hope in the hopes that God will open the door and that we can speak to somebody about the, the gospel. Missional living. Acts of kindness. Gifts of appreciation. There are people in this church that are so good at blessing and giving gifts. I see people carrying little bags around in the church before or after church. And they're handing them to people. That's such a wonderful thing. It, it, it doesn't have to even be costly. but just something to let somebody know that you care about them. So here's the, here's the challenge. I will bless at least one person this week who is not a member of the church and one person who is a member of this church. Okay? You ready for that challenge? Would you take that challenge just to say, hey, okay, I'm going I'm to be thinking about somebody. I'll say something to them. I'll write them a little note. I'll do something for them. Sometimes not even, so they they may not even know who it was. But I'm going to bless somebody this week. Somebody who who attends this church, someone who doesn't. I'm just going to bless somebody. Not looking for uh, any praise, but I just want to bless somebody. This is what uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. He said, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Look for somebody to bless. Speak something to them. Do something kind for them. Give them a gift. And thirdly, as we look at Jesus' life, we can see this third thing, and that is... We just need to plan on eating with people. How many of you eat on a regular basis? I think that's probably a hundred percent right? <laughs> uh, most of you probably eat three meals a day. I know some some of you eat two meals a day. um uh, but that's if you eat three meals a day, how many meals is that a week? We got some mathematicians in the room here, so I said three times seven. 21, wow. This is an intelligent crowd. <laughs> 21 meals. All right? So if you could just take a, t- a couple of those. 19 can be on your, own, your normal schedule if you don't do this already. I know some of you already do this, but eat a meal with somebody that doesn't attend this church. And here, here let me tell you this. Don't, at the first meal, Bring up, come into church. Just establish a relationship with them. Let that be a regular weekly habit. Just pick somebody. And you know, look, uh, this, that's where the voice of the Holy Spirit can help you. Who do I know? It's God's God telling me to establish a friendship with this person. So eat a meal with somebody who does not attend this church. And then... Eat a meal with, with somebody who does, and that's not, I'm not talking about your spouse, right? I mean, it's good that you eat with your spouse, but we're talking about some, uh, somebody that's not your spouse. Is that making sense to everybody this morning? This is, these are the things that Jesus said about himself. I've come to seek and to save the lost. He said that, uh, um, that I, I came eating and drinking. I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve. That's what he said about himself. So we just need to make these choices about our life that we're going we're to live missionally, uh, understanding that we ourselves are a missionary. And I would encourage you, uh, if, uh, if you like putting things on your notes on your mirror, take that passage in John chapter 1, verse 6, and personalize it for yourself. And say, there is a man sent from God whose name is Larry. And remind yourself. Of, of your personalization on a regular basis. That God didn't just put me on this earth for me to enjoy things and uh, live a consumer life. But he's put me here for a reason. I promise you this. Uh, and let me just say it this way. The most miserable times of my life is when I have been so self-focused, so concerned about my needs, That that's all I could think about. And why they weren't being met. And why was this going wrong in my life? But the most enjoyable, the most fulfilling times in my life is when I have realized that I can bless other people. I can can help other people. I can focus on other people. uh, And then my problems don't look quite so bad. Right? Amen. So... Judas Maccabeus decided he wasn't going to just look at the situation and go, oh, well. He was one of those people who knew God. And he gained strength from his relationship with God. And that propelled him to action. Right? I think it's interesting that, that uh, the ESV version says that uh, he... Uh, people who do know their God shall be strong and take action. And that when we look at the history of the New Testament church, the book that we turn to is not called the book of good intentions. It's called the book of Acts. Not A-X, okay? A-C-T-S. Uh one last quote from Mike Tyson. He said one time, he said, I ain't the person I was when I bit that man's ear off. Thank goodness he's changed. <laughs> Amen. Thank goodness for the change that the Lord does in our life. Uh, we, you know, here's the thing. I am so thankful that I am not being judged by my worst day. Hello, anybody else out there happy for that? You're not being judged for your worst day? Amen. I'm glad the Lord uh, is helping me to live a life of not greatness for myself, but greatness for His kingdom. Amen. I think the best days are ahead of us. right? And so God can change us. And here's here's the thing. Sometimes we think, well i've just I've made too many mistakes for my life to matter in somebody else's life. that is such a lie from the devil. all right so as we close here this morning, I want to address that. you have not made too many mistakes for your life t- to not matter in the kingdom of God. Your life is not uh, too far gone for you to not make an impact on somebody else's life and for to reach somebody and and bring them into relationship with God. Amen. It's not got too, gotten too bad that God can't use you. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's pray and ask the Lord to, to help us this morning. To live missionally. By simply listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Intentionally. By taking time to bless other people. And just, you know, we got to eat anyway. Right? So grabbing a cup of coffee with somebody, a donut, go to lunch with them, find out about their life. Just be curious about their life, and who knows what the Lord will do with that relationship. Lord, thank you for New Life Church. Here we are at the close of 2023, just a few more weeks of this year left. Would it be possible that we can make some connections in the next few weeks as this year wraps up? in the busyness of life, but that we can make some connections that are supernatural synchronicities. May we hear your voice like you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit calling you to Samaria. May we say, I've I've got to go here. I've got to go there. Use our lives, we pray, in Jesus' name. One last quick story. Uh, I, uh, a few days ago, I had a conversation with somebody who said, I gotta tell you what happened. I don't ever go into this place of business. They said, but I just really felt prompted to go in there. Uh, so it's like, okay, <laughs> I didn't need anything from there. I just went in. And they walked around the, the aisles of the of the store, turned the corner and down one aisle with somebody that that they knew. Uh, and that person said to them, I can't believe you're standing here. I prayed that God would allow me to talk to you. And here you stand. Amen. Those kind of things can happen if we will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We're going to have a great service today. Uh, Join us in the prayer room in a few minutes.